instead of bringing us into a place that you have designed for us, and we thank you for that. We bless your name for you are our strength. I pray tonight, Yah, that as the word goes forth, as your word goes forth, that you will increase our trust. For we know that the only way to obtain trust is by hearing and hearing by your word. So we just pray that your word goes forth and allow your people to grow in their trust in you. And to walk and to persevere, not get weary in doing well. Uh, yeah, we praise you for being awesome. Help us to understand what our purpose is in you. And don't allow the adversary to deceive us and get outside of our purpose because of being discouraged or hearing the wrong things. So I just pray, y'all, that you just keep us and be with us in Yeshua Hamashiach's name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> y'all, it's good. Amen. Amen. Everybody okay? Amen. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to deal with a, a, a subject tonight of knowing your purpose or your worth. But before I go there, I have permission. I want to read a, a letter that I taught from maybe a, f a few years ago. This small letter that we're going to get into the scripture, but I want you all to hear this. So as I was driving to work the other day, I came upon a common scene. A group of turkey vultures were eating the dead raccoon that had been killed in the middle of the road. The beauty and intricacy of nature has always, always held a special place in my heart. And I was overcome with the idea of God's purposes. <clears throat> Those vultures was, was put here to do a job. Their purpose is to eat what has died. In essence, to clean things up. In nature, these birds are caretakers of an important process in, God design, in God's design. Their reason for existence is to take away the sight of death. And in doing so, they complete a necessary step in the cycle of life. I saw the torn body of the raccoon and felt sad. But I also witnessed these virtues fulfilling their purpose. And I felt peaceful knowing that his design is perfect. If you do any research on the way that scavenger birds are built, you will find that the process is indeed perfect. For God has equipped them with everything they need, both anatomically and physiologically. Lee GG. To get the job done. The end result, leaving them and our world clean. I felt inspired and strengthened by the knowledge that, that I, too, have been delegated a purpose. So as I slowed my vehicle down, waiting for the birds to fly out of the way, I simply smiled and thought, good job, guys. And I continued on my way to work. <clears throat> it may seem a bit of a zealous to compare carry-on eating birds to any kind of spiritual lesson, but now is a good time as any to look a bit closer to the word rule. The Hebrew word for rule, as seen in Genesis 1, 26 and 28, in regards to our relationship with other living things, is radah, R-A-D-A-H. More accurately, means dominion over. The continuous theme in the scriptures in regards to, to ruling is this. Those who rule, serve. Men who rule, if they are wise, see themselves as servants to God and to those they have been given dominion over. In Proverbs 6, King Solomon speaks of a wise ant with a lesson to teach. So in light of this truth, I strive to be still and to learn from the creatures, from other creatures of God. What I didn't realize by my, my morning experience, an experience that lasted no more than 30 seconds, an experience that allowed me to receive peace and focus, 
and the experience that stayed with me throughout the day, this experience was in no way over. The afternoon as I drove home, I wondered if there would be any sign of the poor raccoon. Turkey vultures I observed in the past are quite efficient at cleaning up our roads, and sure enough, I would have never noticed where that scene was from the morning that had taken place, except now in the road was a pile of black feathers. Someone obviously hadn't slowed down. Immediately I thought of Paul's experience on the road to the masters and the words revealed to Ananias by the Lord. I will show him how much he must suffer for my namesake. Acts 9.16 Now please don't think I am comparing Paul to a vulture, but what I was allowed to see is an instant, an instant was a parallel. We are called to be servants of Yah. Each of us is delegated with an important piece of God's puzzle. That vulture was performing its God-ordained purpose on this earth, and the vulture died while performing it. What concerned me about this picture and what disturbed me is this. We are so quick to embrace the idea of blessings and rewards and when it comes to serving God, and yet we are just as quick to reject any sense of accountability. I hear preachers preaching from their pulpits to serve Jesus and to live like Jesus. And they mention a new book that they have authored and inspired Christians on their walk. But they completely avoid the basic of how to serve him and how to be like him because their only point of reference is the New Testament. And I'm going to say something to that. Anyway, the best book you can have to inspire you as a believer is the one authored by the living word, Yeshua. The title of the book is the Tanakh, known in many circles as the Old Testament, the Torah, the Devim, the Ketuvim, Moses' prophets and the writings. And Luke, Yeshua tells a story of a rich man and a poor, diseased man named Lazarus. Lazarus dies and, and goes up. The rich man dies and goes down. The rich man in torment sees Lazarus in heaven with Abraham and asks for a drink. Abraham explains to the rich man that no one below can pass through to above and no one above can pass through to below. The rich man then begs for Lazarus to be allowed to visit his father's house so that his brothers may be spared the same faith as he. What was Abraham's reply? They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Luke 16, 29. The rich man was not satisfied with the answer, saying, If anyone from the dead visited his, his house, they will certainly change their ways. Abraham Again, Abraham speaks. If they would not hear Moses and the prophets, they would not be persuaded even if one from the dead should rise. Abraham first tells the rich man in torment that his brothers have a chance if they would hear Moses and the prophets. Apparently, the rich man didn't believe that his brothers would do that. And what Yeshua is saying through his story is that if those men were not rooted in Torah and the prophets, they wouldn't understand the message, whether it came from a ghost or his own resurrection. They might be stunned enough to believe in something, but rooting their faith in something other than Torah and prophets wasn't going to get them far. So Yeshua spoke of those needing a sign as wicked and faithless. Matthew 12, 29, excuse me, 12, 39, and 16, and 4. It would be easy for us as believers, since we know that the one who should rise from the dead is Yeshua, to think that this story doesn't apply to us. But it is our faith rooted in Torah, in Moses, and the prophets of Israel, or, or is it rooted in the signs of Yeshua's miracle and resurrection? 
in our Western world thinking, we have a very lofty, surreal idea of what a sign from God means. We expect a sign to be something miraculous and unexplainable. A sign in Hebrew doesn't mean that at all. In Hebrew thought, a sign is just like those boards we see on our highways. Signs, they tell us, uh, they, they, they tell you what road you're on and show you where to turn when you come to an intersection. They tell you how fast you are allowed to drive and what dangers are ahead and when to merge and when to yield. That's it. Simple. Yeshua's death and resurrection was another sign. The one showing us that traffic was merging. He confirms this when he says to those seeking a sign that they already received it through the prophet Jonah, Matthew 12, 40, 16-4. After Yeshua's death and resurrection, those who had seen the sign left by Jonah understood it. Not only is Yeshua warning those who obviously has, hadn't been following the signs, he was also chastising those who had become so Hellenized in their thinking that they desire understandable events to convince them. We, as believers, should not need nor rely on the New Testament on our faith. Let me push Paul because they, they keep coming up. The New Testament. Now, you know, the New Testament is not the New Covenant. Christianity has ruined the people of the Most High. Yeah, Christianity. Because it's a religion. Christianity was around 30 or 40 B.C. before Yeshua was even born. Christianity calls you not to obey Torah. Read Canon 29. Council of Latter-day March 7th, 321. Says, as a Christian, you are not to observe the Sabbath. As a Christian, you are to observe the Lord's Day. And if you do observe the Sabbath, and you be like a Jew or an Israelite, you should be hated. So, so, and but you have Christians who believe that the New Testament is the New Covenant, and they are so wrong. So we think we can go to. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Levit, um, excuse me, Thessalonians and Corinthians and get the true word of Yah. But when you read Jeremiah 31, Yah says, the new covenant is this. I will put my Torah law on their what? Inner parts. So the new covenant is Yah's word on the inside of you. Because we were so stiff-necked, uncircumcised, that we could put the word on our heart. Y'all know that? Am I confusing y'all? You know, the word, the word wasn't handed down, written down. Only thing that was ever written down was ten of them. The ten words in the wilderness on two stone tablets. Everything else sprung from that came from word of mouth. The word of mouth that was given, everything is given by a word. Now, I know we get deep in Christianity, we're going to have the logos. Or what, what, what they call it? The, the, the written words logos, right? But that's, 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 Doctrine, that's religion. We want to take that word that we heard and apply it to our everyday life and live it out. And because we couldn't, then Yah gave us the comforter who, who convicts us by what? The word. Did you know that? First John 3 says that sin is what? Violation of what? The Torah, the word. So the Ruach HaKodesh convicts you of violating Yah's word and it leads you and guides you into what? All truth. What's truth? 
His word is truth. He is the truth. So that, that's what happened on Shavuot 1300 years later in Acts 2. They weren't going kandadelo shape ba 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 ha kandadelo ba ba. They weren't doing that. They began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. And you can tell they were prophesying because the people came and said, how can this be us hearing them speak of the wonderful things that Yah has done? So they were prophesying. So Peter got and said, this is what my prophet Joel. And you can only prophesy by who? By whose spirit? Yah's spirit. And only speak out what? Words. So the words was going forth and being put on their mind. And, and when Yeshua said it came to pass, when Peter preached it, it was cut to the heart, cut to their mind. And they turned. And it caused them to begin to walk. They said, brother, what must we do? So when someone tells you to go to the New Testament, I mean, excuse me, the New Covenant, don't you go to the New Testament. They tell you to go to the New Covenant, you'll begin to pray and ask y'all spirit to speak. <laughs> okay, let's go back to Hallelujah. Yeah. We so we so religious fired. We churchy. We wanna dance or dance. We wanna dance or dance, we wanna get money and still live in sin. You can be a big now homosexual and still go to hell. You you can you can dance a jig and you and your wife can be at odds with each other and you don't even know how to communicate with her. You think buying her a diamond ring and a nice bracelet is going to get it all together. You think having sex and her shaking is going to change the situation. She still remember that name you called her. I think she got finished shaking. Come on, y'all. Y'all don't live in the real world. You know, we try, we try to exclude that thing with sex. Yeah, and the older you get, come on, it's overrated. You ain't gonna, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying you're not young anymore. It's old with. You don't know how to communicate. <laughs> Am I too strong? Is it too heavy for y'all? Because some people can't face reality. They'll be offended. I, I really don't care much to be offended. There's something on the inside of you you got to deal with. Truth is truth. The, the problem we got is we don't want to face truth. We get offended when the truth hit us. You know, in the court of law, when people who commit crimes are judged, you have to expose everything they've done. If it's a murder, if it's a murder you got to show the murder scene, the blood splatter, all that, their brain, you got to be able to see the truth to convict them. Or the conviction is unjust. If a child is molested, you gotta be able to convict him, no matter how terrible it looks, because it's terrible. But you can't you cannot convict a man over something that's not that's circumstantial all the time. You gotta have physical evidence, no matter how disgusting it may seem. Well when we learn how to look at ourselves for real and see what we are for real, then we can be delivered until then we're gonna remain bound. Yeah, I'm going to remain bound. Now, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say this now, you know, and, and praise y'all for your testimony. But black folks still ain't free. We, ain't, we, we, we are no more further now than we was 20 years ago. 
We get pulled over for a ticket and get shot. Oh, we get pulled over for a ticket and get killed in front of our two-year-old baby. We in our house in the middle of the night, two in the morning, get shot for picking out the window in our own house. Then I, we get exposed. They had a gun in the house. But some, but some Caucasian folks shoot school up and go to Burger King before they go to jail. Didn't get a bond. Ain't no equality. And then you want to say get past it. You can't get past it. Can you admit where you are? That's the truth. Yeah, you know what I mean? Show me. Yeah, show me. Would you die for me? See, we don't want to face reality. I know it's kind of tight, but it's right. Yeah, we want the most high to show our love. We got to be able to deny our own self-interest. Yeshua says, if you want to follow me, you must first say no to you. You know, we don't want to say no to us. We saw having pain, we want pain reliever. We don't know how to endure. I've learned, I, don't, I do not like taking narcotic medicine for pain. Because I don't like to be, I don't want to be hooked on a, a pill. So I've learned how to suffer and have the headache sometimes. Or have the, the knee pain. And it hurts. Attitude get bad. You want to cry. You don't want to talk. And you want to cuss. Yeah, come on, I didn't cuss before. Since I've been saved. Since I've been a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't tell no I, I, I didn't cuss being a pastor. This year, <laughs> this month, <laughs> this week. So, I mean, I don't want to take the phone, which I just tell the truth. You have to. It's not allowed in your mind. Is that too heavy for you? That's truth. And, I, and I, I'm not, and, and I'm not being racist. What I'm saying, because I love everybody, but we have to be able to face reality, or we can't have no deliverance. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I had to face a long time ago. I'm not, I'm not swole anymore like I used to be. I got a stomach on me, and I look bad with no clothes on too. But because you smile on me, you got a stomach full of muscles, do it. Some people skinny fat. No definition. They just look like they with their shirt on. But poor shirt off, he just got two nipples and no stomach muscle, no chest for him or nothing. He just look just like that. But it's easier to fool folks with your clothes on. I'm going to get the. <laughs> Y'all so silly. Hallelujah. But it's one where you cannot confuse. Amen. The New Testament scripture is a blessing. They are blessings because they allow us to identify and witness the prophecies of, prophecies of Messiah. They are a blessing because they allow us to drink in, in more of the physical utterance of the living word while he was in the flesh. I say more because he spoke in the flesh in the neck as well. 
they are a blessing because they record for us the discipleship of the nations which is promised in the neck. More importantly, and simplest of all, the New Testament scriptures are a blessing because they allow us to enjoy a deep appreciation and love for what we already know. At least, we should already know. We sometimes symbolize our walk with God as a race of faith. It is a race of faith, but it's not but it is not a sprint through the New Testament. It's a marathon through the Tanakh. The race started with creation and, and we begin to run we began to run. And all along the way and all along the way living water cleanses us and quenches our thirst. But the life nourishes us and the comforter lets us stop and rest. The teacher instructs us to not to look back and stay on the righteous path and God manages. Every word, number, sentence, story, command, and judgment gives us the strength we need to finish the race. Our Redeemer stands at the finish line granting admittance to the kingdom of God. Unfortunately, the church wants to start runners on the finish line next to the resurrected Jesus and have them run backwards. How can we accept salvation if we don't understand what we are saved from? This message is the, it's the message of the New Testament, but what I hear these days coming from the church sounds no different than the one of the hundred secular self-help motivation speakers out there. The messages coming from the pulpits are practical, smart living tips with a twist. Instead of the thing being uh, secular, how to take off those pounds forever, managing your money through smart investment. The theme is how to accept Jesus and use him to fix your problems. They are making the race, they are making the race all about us. It's not about us. It's about God. It's about a plan that far exceeds our understanding. His mercy, he, is, he was merciful enough not to wipe us out of existence with the flood. And after all these years, man still searches for a shortcut that requires no accountability. Only now, it's not only through the, athe the atheist self-adoration of paganism, but it's also through a church that is erasing Moses and the prophets. I heard a minister last week explain to his radio audience that we, that we know number six is the number of man because the book of Revelation tells us so. What about Genesis? In the beginning, man was created on the, six, on the sixth day. There are only two truths from the Tanakh that I have seen all the denominations of the church universally and consistently teach. One, the Ten Commandments, <coughs> Exodus, Deuteronomy, and two, tithing. Genesis, Leviticus, and even better Malachi, since they can use scriptures to support the promise of rewards. Do you know that Paul was, do you know, we're going to push Paul because I got three days for this. So, <laughs> so we're going to push pause because I can't read all this in one day because then y'all be ahead of me. But my theme tonight, my message tonight is talking about knowing your purpose, knowing your worth. And most of us are outside of our purpose. We don't know who we are. We don't. <clears throat> and it's a shame. Dr. Miles Monroe said it best, better than me when he said the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without reason. Do y'all know that my notes have just been erased? Huh? I don't know how I did it. 
Well, I, I go. Ahead, I, I can go from behind the veil. It's all good. <laughs> we'll, we'll, that um, we we don't know our purpose. It's hard for us to succeed in life. There's no deliverance. My first my first book is from the book of Mark, ninth chapter. We found a woman who had the issue of blood. She wasn't supposed to be sick. She was outside of her purpose. You know, according to Torah, if you're lame, some wrong you, you can't go into what? The temple. You can't watch in the mikvah and be clean because she had issue of blood. And the only way to get in the mikvah is if her cycle was over. And she had one for 12 years. And so she couldn't give a sacrifice. So in her mind, she was a sinner. And by her being unclean, she was supposed to be outside of the camp. Or her time, outside of the city walls. So she was operating outside of her purpose. She had wasted all of her money on physicians who couldn't help her, help her, like many of us. Living our life, we bleeding, we leaking. We are outside of our purpose, and we can't go to the place that we can get healed from, because our mind won't allow us to. And instead of us going to the place to get healing from, we're going to somebody else to get their opinion, to get their, their advice, and we're wasting our time and our money, even though we know about the Hamashiach. When you look in the scriptures, the word says that she heard about Yeshua, and she thought within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, or the zitzit, because the zitzit represents the commands of Yah. Numbers 15. Do y'all have your Bibles? If you have your Bibles, let's go to Numbers 15. There it is. We are gathered here today. Numbers 15, we're going to go to the Torah first. Because we got to understand what the zitzit means. The zitzit was created that was to remember God's command after someone had committed intentional sin. It's two types of sin. You know that, don't you? Sin inadvertently by mistake. Fornication is not mistaken. Murder, lying, those are not mistakes. There are things you got to think about before you do them. Sin intentionally is the sin that Yah is dealing with. The sacrificial system was created to forgive sins committed in ignorance. Not intentional sin. Sins that people was, uh, was not aware that there was sin. Yeshua is the only one that can forgive intentional sin. He's the one that purified our consciences from dead works that leads to death. Go ahead. The way of sin is what? Yeah. The curse of the law is what? 
death is the same thing. The Torah is not cursed. When the word says that Yah redeemed us from the curse of the law, he is not talking about the law itself. He's talking about death. When you read Hebrews 8, God found, he did find fault. But who did he find fault with? The people, not his word. He never found fault with his word. If Yah got to find fault with his word, he can't be perfect. He made a mistake. He got to rethink himself. <laughs> he can't be all powerful and all knowing. He'll do it again. So it can't be a fault with his word. How can you own something above your name that you got to fault with? Think about that. The preacher would be like, Oh, Lord, we'd be like, Yay! Woo! And we'd be just deceived because they didn't told us that. So anyway, so we've got the seat seat. It's a man gathering is a man gathering wood on the Sabbath, right? They found him gathering wood. So then we're gonna go to um um verse 32, 15 says this While the people of Israel were in the desert, they found a man gathering wood on the Shabbat. Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses, Aharon, and the whole congregation. They kept him in custody because it had not yet been decided what to do with him. Then Yah said to Moses, this man must be put to death. The entire community is stoned him to death outside the camp. So the whole community brought him outside the camp and threw stones at him until he died as Yah had ordered Moses. Why? What was going on? When they, when they, when, I know, I know you want to ask. When, 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 they, when they found him gathering wood, they put him in custody. Why? Because they couldn't determine if he knew better or if it was by mistake. So the only one who could do something about it was who? The Most High. Because the, the Word of God is what? Alive and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword, right? It's in the center of the word, the intentions of your way, of your heart. So the man was operating outside of his purpose, on purpose. And Moses him did not know what to do with him, right? So Yah says the man must be put to what? Death. Why? Because he was because he knew better. He knew better. So then Yah says this, 1537. Says, Yah said to Moshe, speak to the people of Israel, instructing them through all their generations. Zizoites. Is that right? Zizoites. <laughs> On the corners of their garments, and to put the ZZ on each corner a thread of blue. It is, listen, it is to be a ZZ for you to look at and, and thereby remember all of y'all's misvotes, commandments, and obey them so that you won't go around wherever your own heart and eyes lead you to prostitute yourselves. But I will help you remember and obey, but it will help you remember and obey all my commandments and be holy for your God. I am Yahuwah Elohim who brought you out of the land of Egypt in order to be your God. I 
I am Yahuwah Elohim. So this woman sees Yeshua. And she says, if I can touch the Zizi, I'll be made whole. Remember, she's outside of a purpose. But how do we obtain faith? There's only one way to obtain faith, and it's by doing what? Hearing. Hearing what? So the only you can get trust or faith is through God's word. And this woman had to be an Israelite. And Yeshua, she had to be taught Torah. So when she hear about Hamashiach, in her mind, she said, and I can just touch the ZZ, I'll be made whole. The ZZ represents the word of Yah. They bring you to remember and they make you what? Holy. So she put her life at risk in order to get it together. She probably was weak in her body. I never had a menstrual cycle. But I've been married 21 years. I've been married 21 years. So I've seen Def Con 1. Two and three. Cause I got a wife and two daughters. And everybody at the same time, I don't mean at that, that, that time. Can't talk to them. <laughs> Argumentative. <laughs> Want to cry for everything. And hungry. Want some sweet. Some black chocolate Kit Kats. <laughs> Dark chocolate. So I can imagine, I can imagine her emotions probably getting the best of her. Right. I can imagine her being weak in her body and she, and she didn't get there because she needed help. And then she's supposed to be outside of the city walls because she's unclean. But she says, if I could just get to Hamashiach and touch the Zizi, I'd be made whole. Because the Zizi make you whole. They bring you into the remembrance of the word of Yah. I'm Yahuwah Elohim. I'm your healer. Exodus in the Torah says, if you do what's right, open my command, my instructions, I'll heal you. I won't put on to you the plagues that I've done on the Egyptians. And I'm, and I'm mindful of her being an Israelite, have had to have some kind of understanding of Torah. Because that's what they live by. Yeshua even said it to the adversary. He told the adversary, he said, man, listen, man shall not live by bread alone, by physical substance, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of Yah. So he understood where the source come from. This woman in her mind had to be thinking if I could just get there. So she put herself in harm's way. And when she touched him, she was healed based on her trust. She could have been stepped on, trampled. You gotta remember Yeshua had already look at the scene now. He had just come across got on land. Jay Irish, yeah, he had come to my father before him and said, my, my 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 daughter. She's not at the point of death. So he already going that way. He's already done miracles. So he got thousands of people around him, throngs around him, and they're walking. And she gotta somehow get in the crowd, weaken her body. You gotta persevere. Yeah. You gotta push. In order to obtain anything in this life, you gotta work for it. You gotta push for it. Yeah. You can't get women doing well. Say that again, sir. You 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 will reap if you faint not. 
The word says they that wait upon the Lord. If you read it read in the Hebrew, it says they that hope on the Lord, on Yahuwah, he shall renew their strength. And they'll mount upon wings like an eagle. But it's called persevering. Ain't nothing in life easy. There ain't nothing in life free. It takes you to work it out. You don't just go up overnight and just get muscles. That's because I'll be swole. You got to work it out. And I'm too lazy to be working it out. I ain't going to lie to you. I just can't see myself doing it no more. I go walking. But I ain't finna <laughs> That's Aaron's job. He can have that. I can't do it. <laughs> Inside joke. He can have that. Anyway, but she says I can just get to him. And when she get to him, she touches commands. And immediately she's made whole. Yeshua feels virtue come out of him. Who touched me? Who touched me? What do you mean who touched you? All these people. He was poured on by her faith, not just by the touch. Did y'all not? Let's, let's look at the parents. Without trust, it's impossible to please Yah. Right? He that comes to him must first believe that he is. Now faith is the substance of things what? Hope for. So what, what you hoping for? The word that he spoke. Your trust is a substance from the word he spoke that you hoping is coming to pass. Your trust in him is the evidence that come to pass that things not seen. It's your trust. Everything is based on what you tr trust in him. You can't get in your purpose unless you trust him. Do you know that, that, that Abraham in Hebrews 11 had concluded in his mind that the most high could raise the dead? So he wouldn't care about killing Isaac. Because he said he was going the way he had been told. I'm going to go ahead and take him about it here because he had already told me that the seed is going to come through him. So I, I, sure enough. So I ain't going to even tremble at it. I'm going to go ahead and just do it to him. Because you're going to raise him up. I'm not missing anything. Because you're going to do what you said. He told the boy, man and man be back. He was, saying that, he was not saying that in hopes that y'all would change his mind. He was going to raise him up. And, and his trust, woo, listen, his trust caused him to see Hamashiach. So Yeshua said, Abraham decided to see my day and he saw it. When the realms in the thickest cut by his horns. And he saw Yah provide for himself a sacrifice. He saw the plan based on his trust. Did y'all not know that? Reach, reach about it, isn't it? So now, so now when she touched Yeshua, she's she trembling and fighting and she, and she told him everything she was going through. 1 John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
she confessed everything to him. Told him all about what she was going with. He said, it's your faith, it's your trust that has made you whole. Did y'all know that? And we got to be able to walk in. We, we have to know our worth and know who we are and know whose we are in order to get to the place that he has called us to be. He brought us out of bondage. He said, I am your who and your Elohim who brought you out of the land of Egypt or out of servitude. Because Egypt was a place of servitude, harsh bondage. And you want to recognize who he is and where he brought you from. Or else you can never go to where he wants you to be. You can't continue to have an Egypt mentality. I remember, you know, when we had the meat pots. I got about a thousand scriptures, uh, uh, about a thousand sermons going on in my mind right now at this time. I'm not hear all of them just talking to me. And they're not voices. It's actually the, the real word. <laughs> it's, it's the word. But you can't get in your purpose unless you have trust. Now we're going to deal with this born again issue in a little while with our purpose. Because you know, you're born again. And Yeshua referenced Moses in the wilderness. He talked about the spirit leading people, right? Well, in the wilderness, when the spirit began to lead them through Moses, they began to complain. They began to be bit. So y'all put them in a position that you either trust in him or die. The serpent didn't have the power. It was the word. They had the power. And Yeshua said, if you believe me, you're not judged. But if you don't, you're condemned already. So, so he, 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 and then he talked about being born again because to, be, to be renewed because y'all could not remarry the same woman. He invited his own word. Deuteronomy 24. If a man that was a woman, he can't marry no more. It's an abomination. So in order to be married to y'all, you got to be born again. You got to be a new person. Born by the Spirit, sealed with the rule of Kodesh. And that's done by your trust. That's John 3, read it. He said, Nicodemus, how are you a leader of Israel? You don't even know this. He must be outside of his purpose. <laughs> we, have, we have to know our worth. The desert's the, the worth was to, is to clean up. He got a he got a purpose. The the butterfly has a purpose. The mosquito has a purpose. The net has a purpose. Everything has a purpose. And when they're operating in that purpose, they succeed. They thrive. When they're outside of their purpose, something is wrong. If you ever see a mosquito flying. And deep symbol with snow on the ground. He's outside of his purpose. Right. Something wrong. Yeah. This is how we look though when we when we're the opposite. Come on. Now I like comedy. And I remind of Dave Chappelle. And he was talking about transgenders. It's a seem to be a transgender. Yeah, you go to hell if you don't change. Yeah. If you are a man, you have a prostate. I don't care if you got breast on your chest and you can put a spit in it and put it backwards. You can't get pregnant. You still got a prostate. 
If you are a woman, you have a cervix and a uterus. I don't care what kind of meat you buy, cadaver, whatever you want to buy, and put on yourself. And you, it's yours. It's only yours through a purchase. You weren't born with that. You're still a woman. But if I came to y'all and said, like, they said, I'm Chinese. You, you think I'm crazy. <laughs> and I tell you, this is how I feel inside. <laughs> it don't matter how I feel inside. You just don't see a Chinese man right here. But, but, but why would you accept me to be Chinese? See, I would think is we allow people to be outside of their purpose. Because we don't want to correct them. We don't want to offend anybody. I've learned a long time ago, it don't matter how, see, I have a very small congregation. It was big at one point in time. Till I said we don't do Christmas. I don't care about the nostalgia. It's a sin. Everybody left. But 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 the problem is that when we, when we hear things we don't want to hear, then we get offended. It, listen, the only way you're going to be able to enter into the kingdom of Yah is by doing what He says. Doesn't matter how intelligent you are. No matter. What you prophesy in his name? No matter, what, no matter whose hands you lay on anybody. If you're not doing his purpose, you cannot enter into his kingdom. The church that messed us up. Because we think that eternal life is going to heaven. Go to John 17. And I'm going to show you what eternal life is. Because we need to know what eternal life is. Eternal life don't mean you just going to heaven. Let me explain something to you. Y'all did not create man for man to die. To go to heaven. He created man for man to live on the earth. Man only died because of man's own disobedience. <laughs> So he didn't desire you to die and go to heaven in the by and by. <laughs> Who told you that? Show me in the Bible where it says that at. Please, and I risk my case. Go up and show you in the Bible what eternal life is. They have a complete Jewish Bible. Who, has, who got a King James Version? I want you to read King James. Who, who got another version outside of the complete Jewish Bible? I want you what you got the script. I want you to read yours. I want you to read yours. I'm gonna read mine first. Right, y'all ready? John 17, 1. I'm sorry, John 17, 1. Says, After Yeshua had said these things, he looked up toward heaven and said, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son, so the son may glorify you. Just as you gave him authority over all mankind, so he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. And eternal life is this. To what? Know you. The one true God and him whom you sent. Yeshua the Messiah. Read your Pastor J JV. These words spake Yahshua and lifted up his eyes to heaven. And said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. 
as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Yahshua HaMashiach, whom thou hast sent. Read your brother Aharon. Miss Kelly. Okay. Yeshua spoke those words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. And you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true Elohim, and Yeshua HaMashiach, whom you have sent. Now, so eternal life is, is what? To know. to know him. That word know, from a Hebrew perspective, is yada. To have an intimate relationship. So he says, if you, he, so in Matthew 7, he says, depart from me, I never did what? Knew you. I ne we never had a relationship. You never had life. So depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. The Greek word is nomos, a nomos, which means outside of the law, which means you work of Torahlessness. So if you're not bringing Torah, you're outside of your purpose. And you cannot enter into the kingdom of Yah. That word no goes in hand to hand with Jeremiah 31. He said, they will know me. And this is the new covenant. I will put my Torah on their inward parts. Right? Then he said they will know me. He, he's not saying they will need a teacher. If, if, if that's the case, then read Hebrews 10. Because if, if, if you're walking around and you don't have a pastor, you are all read Hebrews 10. <laughs> it ain't me. You gotta have a teacher. You can't do it by yourself. The parent of the most high always had leaders. Look at Abraham, look at Moses. He had the high priest, he had the prophets. And then when Yeshua left, he gave some of the apostles, prophets. So, so, so if you're going to live the word, live the word. Yeah. But he, when he was saying that they may know me, he was saying that when he was a teacher, he, he said that we're all going to have a relationship. And I forgive their wickedness. Because the wickedness is what you do intentionally. And the real cockroach, which is the new covenant, is on the inside of you to convict you of your wickedness and to cause you to turn from it. To Teshuva. Go ahead now. Come on. So, so now Yeshua has come on the scene. He brought his own blood. He went to the real heaven. And now because of his death, he has purified our minds, set our conscience from the dead works. So now we can stop thinking wicked. So now you don't have to sin anymore. Uh oh, there it is. What you mean? I well, listen. The sick man out of ignorance, you're going to do. Because you don't know better. But you ain't got to commit adultery. Right. You ain't got to lie. Right. You ain't got to lie, Craig. You ain't got to lie. <laughs> you ain't got to steal. You don't have to murder. You can't honor the Sabbath. And you can do it all with the aid of the real Kodesh. And Hebrews 
10, 26 says, if you can, after you have come to the truth, and you continue to walk outside of your purpose, or continue to sin, now you find yourself in, 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 in fear of, of danger of judgment. Remember that? Remember that? Then tells you don't shoot back, because <laughs> he'll find no pressure in you. But we are not the kind that shrink back. We walk according to the purpose that he has given us. Yeah, we're like the one with the issue of blood. We're leaking. We're like Israel. We're leaking, bleeding. This is too in a bad situation. But if we can just touch the hem of his garment, yeah. we may hold, we won't go to Cleflo. We won't go to try to find Bishop Jakes. We ain't trying to go to Benny Hill Crusades. We don't want to see, we don't want to see, uh, what's the other man named Lord, the ring on the from, from the 60s? Not Billy Graham, the uh, other guy. Uh, for the black guy with all the sixties, from the sixties, River Nike. You ain't gotta go find River Nike. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now you can really turn to Yeshua on the shield and begin to walk out His Torah, begin to live your life according to His purpose. Start denying your own self-interest. Walking outside your purpose will have you sick and stanky sad. Y'all have been stanky sad. I had a friend with a son called Stankin' Sad. That's a, that's a bad way to be sad, ain't it? Yeah. Stankin' and sad? But he can put us to where we need to be in him. Just by walking in obedience. Walking according to his purpose. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Give me just five more minutes. We're going to end this thing. Y'all all right? Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all is good. I hit my notes, nigga. It disappeared on me. We're going to go to Brian Bartimaeus. Well, we're just going to go to, um, we're just going to go to, um, the man that was laying at the pool of Bethesda. Lord have mercy. No, I'm free too. Hallelujah. Well, we just deal with it like this right here then, from behind the veil. <laughs> so, Yeshua was walking. So a man who had been lame for 38 years. And he's laying at the pool, at this pool. So when Yeshua comes to him, he asks him a question. Will you be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? What was the man's response? He don't have nobody to put him in there. That ain't what I asked you. My question that I asked you was, will you be made whole? And we don't see the point of what he said to the man. I heard folks say, he's going to trouble the water. Man, I don't want the water to be in trouble. Because if the water in trouble, only one person got whole that day. I want to be made whole, yes. I've been lying here in my condition for too long. And the man was saying, he was giving an excuse instead of saying yes. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be put in your purpose? Well, when I was somebody come, I can't never get put in. That ain't what I asked you. And that's what we do. We're so coming what we're doing. It's all about us. Me, myself, and I, that we can't hear the word of y'all talking to us. Do we want to be made whole? Ask yourself. Do you want to be made whole? You know, I found myself in places in my life because of my own disobedience. Amen. It was my fault. 
But I want to bring everybody else me being broke. John 5. Thank you. Hallelujah. I love you, man. That's a good man right there. It's because of my own disobedience. My own disobedience. I was walking around broke, but didn't want to get a job. I didn't want to get a job. Right. No, I want me. But I'm getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning trying to go look for one. I'm going into the place at lunchtime when everybody's going to lunch. I can't find a ride. Bucky Ben ain't going to get me there. Sometimes Bucky Ben got to get you there. But when I stop learning to depend on everybody else, when I stop looking at everybody else, I then begin to walk in my purpose. Even when it comes to honoring the Shabbat, I had to get past my fear of my family leaving. I've been preaching 22 years. My mama has heard me one time, my first sermon, 22 years ago. My dad has never heard me preach. I have not ever had a brother come to my church. No family member ever has come to visit me preach the gospel. When I started pastoring, nobody had showed up on my uncle. He was disobedient. He didn't want to honor the Sabbath. I got built seven days things, I go to Oakwood. Those are his words he gave to me. But I refused to allow myself to have an excuse to stop. So I had we had a building. Well they're doing construction doing, so that's where we are now. In the house. We was in the building for a whole year. Me and my family, nobody showed up. Got in the house and folks started coming. I refuse to allow myself to be discouraged. Came to my identity, because you know, I don't know about y'all. And this may offend you, but by my physical blood DNA, I'm an Israelite. I'm from the Bible. Read my blood DNA. The descendant of the African American slave are the ancient Israelites. And I'm a Hebrew. I tell folks that, and they get mad at me. They say they're Jewish. I don't ask for a DNA sample. I say I'm an Israelite too. They want to have my DNA. Wow. Why you just can't believe me? But you believe yourself. See, 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 the problem is we all want to look at things from our own perspective. If sister told me that she was an Israelite, I would say praise God. How you doing, sister? Because I can't say she ain't. And she can't say that I ain't. <laughs> and then you know what? That don't even matter. Because you know why? If you're not born again, if you're not a Gentile, you can go to H-E-2 hockey sticks. <laughs> because what really matters is that you are a Mashiach. But see, I throw out certain things to see how you where you're at. Can you still shake my hand when I tell you who I am? Or you're going to be offended because you think you're more superior than me. <laughs> because we think we're better than people at the time. You know how we do. Amen. The rich always thought they were better than the poor. <laughs> right? Well, you know, according to James, you have no faith if you show favoritism to the rich man. You're not loving your neighbor. <laughs> but we want to quote scripture, though. But you have no faith if you don't love your neighbor. If you show partiality. Tell the rich man, you come sit at the top. Hey, you go sit over there. Yeah. What can we both, both sit beside one another? Okay. If my clothes are wrinkled and I smell like boo-boo, can you still hug me? 
in my stinking situation. Maybe your hug will break the ice. Maybe your hug will give me deliverance. Maybe your hug will let somebody know you love me. But you so confident what I'm saying, you can't even really see past yourself. <laughs> Woo! I need to quit because I know I'm probably making people upset. But listen, it don't matter to me. We need to just live right and walk in our purpose. When we all come together hand in hand as y'all's children, then we begin to see him moving our lives. That's the truth, ain't it, man? It takes a nation to come together. See, the thing is, we so come up on identity that we, for, we fail to forget that y'all delivered a mixed multitude. <laughs> He did. We so come with identity, we forget we forget deliverance for everybody. <laughs> Salvation is for everybody. It, this is what it says. It don't say to the Jew first, then to the Greek. It said to the Jew first and equally to the Greek. It's the same salvation. And then when when, then when the most high told Peter, he said, Listen, eat Peter slay eat. Peter says, I know anything uncommon or unclean. Y'all said, don't call, don't call what I'm created uncommon or unclean. Yeah. Then, then when he called his vision, those men at the door, you go with them. And then he goes to, to, to Centurion Soldier's house. He says, you know what? Y'all has told me, don't call any man uncommon or unclean. Then as Peter just spoke the word, the real hako dish fell, and y'all put his toilet on their inner parts. So y'all's redemption prayers is everybody that believes. <laughs> and we got to be able to see that. Because if we don't have a law on machine, we got to get past us. I'm going to use my next message about the self-interest one who calls herself a dog. And she said, you know what? Even a dog got to eat the crumb from the master table. She knew who she was at. She knew who he was. He said, you know, I ain't seen that in all of Israel. <laughs> and he did. Well, is that what she had come to ask her for? So it's not your identity, your skin tone, and your pocketbook that gets you into your purpose. It's your faith. Hallelujah. Yahweh, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness and your loving kindness. Thank you for being our strength and our salvation. I pray y'all that you help us all to get in line with our purpose. Get past our own self-interest. Deny ourselves and seek your face, y'all. Help us y'all to be accountable and take correction and, and, and love one another. Help us y'all to, to be your children and walk in your shalom. For you are our strength. Y'all, we are asked that woman with the issue of blood that had been uh, bound for 12 years, y'all. And we're seeking your face. We're striving towards you. We're crying out to you. It's a touch of commands, y'all, to be made whole. And I pray y'all to heal us. Make us whole, y'all. Make us walk in, in, in your purpose. Oh, ask the man at the point of Bethesda, y'all, that, that we, we stop giving excuses and just respond with a yes. Make us whole, y'all. And even as a self-reaching woman, y'all, if we're a dog or if we're unclean or see our sense of situation, our faith is to still pursue Hamashiach in spite of what we're dealing with. And he give us what we need based on our trust in him. So, y'all, we thank you. We praise you in Yeshua's name. Amen.